Report recorded live on Jupiter's third largest moon, Callisto. He's about to start a nuclear war on the dance floor. Your host, Icy Robots. Greetings, Earth people. I am from Jupiter. It's me again, Icy Robots. I'm not a hero. I just sacrificed to make your life a little better each and every week. And this week, it is going to get a whole lot better. We got a Chuck Norris spectacular ahead of us today. We are going to review Invasion USA and VHS. We're going to look at Chuck Norris and the Karate Commandos, as well as some other fun things here and there. Probably more blimp talk. Okay, let's get started. DJ Bot, hit that Young Guns remix I've been working on. All right, go. Right away, sir. All right, kick it. Therefore considered by the court that William H. Bonney be hanged till he be dead, dead, dead. You can go to hell, hell, hell. <laughs> the entire country is reading about our territory every day in the journals. And they're not reading about our growth towards statehood. What they are reading about is a 21-year-old delinquent. What scum? Who is making us look like imbeciles. Goodbye, bye. I don't take to tenderfoots in my gang. It ain't your gang, Dave. It's your gang. What? It ain't my gang, it's your gang. It's always been your gang. And the lowest of this, Keeper Sutherland, Lou Diamond Phillips, Christian Slater, Balthazar Getty, Alan Rock, James Coburn, and William Peterson, and Pat Garrett. Yoo-hoo. I'll make you famous. Young Guns, too. You are listening to the Toys R Us Report, the greatest podcast in the world. I have been thinking about blimps again. I guess I have been thinking about blimps every week, but I have been thinking about them a little bit more than usual this week. What I am mainly thinking about is how I could get somebody up from the ground into the Icy Robots party blimp. What I have been thinking is something along the lines of this, and we have talked about this a bit before But I want to add some details. I think what we need is a vacuum tube. What I want to do is I want to try to replicate a transporter as close as I can. So what I think is a long plastic tube with LED lights all around the outside might do the trick. I kind of see it like this. Tube drops down. Dude gets into tube. And once he enters the tube, it sucks him up. And the lights start to go in a swirling fashion, so it looks like one of those good old Star Trek transporter gimmicks. I do not know if this could be done safely though, but one has to consider that maybe it is worth getting banged around a plastic tube to be able to come up into the Icy Robots party blimp and party hard with celebrities like Pam Greer and The Hammer. Fred Williamson. Does anybody out there have any kind of an engineering background? Can you get back to me at IC Robots on Twitter or on the Facebook group, facebook.com backslash IC Robots, and let me know if this is something that is doable. 
It might be. I have seen similar items where you use them to, uh, pick rodents out of the ground, like how to capture gophers or whatever. And the gophers come out unharmed, so I imagine that Otis Sistrunk or Ricardo Montalban could also come through unharmed. This seems doable to me, but let me know. If you have some kind of an engineering background and you know something about this, holler at me, dog. Let me know. Let me know if it is possible to vacuum celebrities up a tube and to render them safe and sound in a blimp. Okay, dudes, we are at the part of the show where we're going to talk about movies. This week, we're going to look at Invasion USA with Chuck Norris. All right, cue the blimp song. Right away, sir. Here it is. Everybody needs to get a blimp, cause blimps are pretty thick. You can fill them up with air, but that will get you anywhere. Advertise up on the side, take your girlfriend for a ride. Just fill up the balloon with the very last girls to do. Yo, I see robots. These geeks think they know what we know. Get swivy on them. Yo, fool, sit down and buckle up for At The Movies with Icy Robots, VHS edition. No one thought it could ever happen here. They are an army of international terrorists. America has not been invaded by a foreign enemy in nearly 200 years. Their target, America. Their objective, control. 18 hours from now, America will be a different place. Now. Only one thing stands in their way. It's time to die. Invasion USA. Invasion USA was released in 1985. It was directed by Joseph Zito of Missing in Action fame, and it starred, also of Missing in Action fame, Chuck Norris. This joint was actually Zito's follow-up to Missing in Action, and it was written, believe it or not, by Chuck Norris and his brother Aaron. I guess that's why it's so awesome. Missing in Action is the story of two enemies. Retired CIA agent Matt Hunter, played by Chuck Norris, and his evil Russian foe, Mikhail Rostov, played by the able Richard Lynch, who you might know from any number of 80s TV shows like Battlestar Galactica, Blue Thunder, Airwolf, anything like that, anything where you needed a villain, Richard Lynch was in it. Google him. He will be immediately identifiable to you. The basic plot is that Rostov is trying to get revenge on Hunter, so he comes over to his pad one day with a whole bunch of terrorists, and when he finds that Hunter is not there, he begins attacking the USA in all sorts of diabolical, terroristic manners. They do all kinds of stuff. They attack a shopping mall at Christmas. Yes, this is a Christmas film, so if people are ever asking you what your favorite Christmas film is, you don't have to say Die Hard. You can also say Invasion USA. Part of their scheme is that they're going to dress like cops and they're going to rile people up in hopes that they will join in the invasion unwittingly aiding the terrorists, the Russians, and uh, Mikhail Rostov. It works. It's very effective. People are going crazy. They're going nuts. They're attacking cop cars. Part of the terrorist schemes is they want to try to incite race riots. So they have the police attacking all kinds of underprivileged people. And this is a pretty successful tactic. Things are going off. They're 
there's crazy confusion, people don't know who to fight, the National Guard doesn't know who to fight, and somehow they end up arresting Chuck Norris, which leads to the awesome ending of the movie, which I don't want to ruin, even though you've probably seen it, but it's great, it is awesome, classic 80s cinema. Now, don't get me wrong here, this is not a high-end action movie, but it is a fun movie, it's a good time, if you haven't seen it, but you probably have, go see it right now, get it on VHS, get it on Laserdisc, it's available in all the popular formats of today, so 10 thumbs up, ISR approved, go check it out today. Up next, The Retro Marketplace. <laughs> ready for the retro marketplace okay i see robots this is your one chance show them what you got chuck norris and the karate commandos when i was coming up back in the day i had a friend named charlie he wasn't a tight friend he was somebody that i knew somebody i would see and hang around with from time to time charlie had a dad and his name was chuck chuck had a beard and he liked to do karate in his garage on a punching bag. There is nothing wrong with punching a punching bag in your garage. There is nothing wrong with doing karate. Both of those things are totally, totally cool, especially karate. I punch a bag in my garage. I don't do karate. I kind of stick to the straight uh, Western boxing. You know, I toss them left and right. So it's not the weirdest thing in the world, but when you combine it with the weird beard and the name Chuck, you can probably see where this story is going. This isn't really a story, though. There isn't a beginning, a middle, and an end. It's just an incident and a weird observation that made me... It made me laugh at the time. Anyway, Chuck was cool. Charlie was cool. Chuck was into karate. Charlie liked to hang out. And one year, I was having a birthday party. So, you know, I invited my friend Charlie. He was one of those dudes who was kind of on the verge of the the friend group but he was he was near the center enough to where I would invite him mostly mostly just you know wanting to get more presents I think that's what a birthday party is about anyway you try to invite anybody who's ever anyone who would ever like sign your yearbook you invite them to your party because you want to get a giant stack of uh, presents. Do you like how I did that? I added the is in the middle of presents. That's what we do here in California. It's real Snoop Dogg stuff. I, I understand that maybe you dudes in the other parts of the country aren't so much into it, but it's a gangster thing that we do here in Cali. We go is. We add is to the middle of our sentences. Well, we used to do this maybe five, ten years ago. I, for some reason, am still doing it now, even today. Anyway, the birthday rolled around and Chuck got me a pretty cool present, but also a bit funny. What he got me was two Chuck Norris Karate Commandos. And I should have mentioned this a bit more, but with Chuck and the karate and the beard and all that stuff, there was sort of an unspoken joke about him being Chuck Norris's biggest fan. I did hear the parents say it a couple times, and the kids did say it a couple times, but we would never say it in front of Charlie. It wasn't a mean-spirited thing, it was just a thing that existed. A thing that was in the, uh, zeitgeist. The childhood zeitgeist of the, uh, neighborhood. So when I opened up the box, and there were two Chuck Norris Karate Commandos, Super Ninja, and also Chuck Norris in his training gear, and I went like, Look! Chuck Norris, Karate Commandos. The parents all looked at each other and had to hold in a snicker. It was a very weird moment. Everybody knew what was going on. Everybody was shocked. 
that he actually went and bought the Karate Commandos. Was it true? Was he actually Chuck Norris's biggest fan? It is entirely possible. It was doubly strange because I was not into the Chuck Norris and the Karate Commandos cartoon and neither was Charlie for as far as I knew. And as we all know, parents are the ones who buy the presents. And without without there being some kind of a tie-in with something that he and I both enjoyed, we were left with nothing to believe except that Chuck picked out these toys and yes... He was Chuck Norris's biggest fan. More than likely, he was Chuck Norris's biggest fan. And there is nothing wrong with that. But at the time, parents were not fans of things. Do you remember that? Your parents might like a team or something, but they just, they were not fanboys of people like people are nowadays. Nowadays, I see parents who are big fans of like a particular football player or a particular actor. And I don't remember my parents being that way. I don't remember my parents gushing over Robert Downey Jr. or, I don't know, Humphrey Bogart or uh, John Voight. I just do not remember these things being how it was back in the, back in my days. I'm sure that they did like people, but people wouldn't express it as openly, as far as I recall. It was more like, you might keep it to yourself because who wanted to admit loving somebody that they had never met? It's a bit weird. I don't even know where this is going, so let's get into the... Uh, I got a Chuck Norris Karate Commandos commercial around here. Let me find it. I got to dig through the stack. Okay, here it is. We're going to come back with some more data on Chuck Norris and the Karate Commandos by Kenner. Chuck Norris Karate Commandos. Bring it up. Bring it down. Fight for some evil. Figures sold separately. Location to bed. Assignment recover stolen microchip. Protecting it was Super Ninja. Hi-ya! First, Kimo stood up to him. Hi-ya! And was downed. Then Reed Smith flew in. Hi-ya! And was grounded. But now it's his karate against mine. Hi-ya! Chuck Norris Karate Commandos. Chuck Norris Super Ninja Reed Smith Kimo and other figures sold separately. New from Kenner. Chuck Norris and the Karate Commandos was an action figure line released in 1986 by Kenner Toys of Cincinnati, Ohio. Kenner Toys was founded by Joseph Steiner in 1947. Kenner was a remarkably successful toy company producing everything from the $6 million man to Easy Bake Ovens. The thing Kenner is most known for, though, is having the master license to Star Wars and all other Star Wars George Lucas type related properties. They're the dudes who made the Star Wars figures that we all know and love from our youth. So 20 years after Kenner was founded in 1967, the company was acquired by General Mills. General Mills was sort of in the toy business at the time because they had Play-Doh. Play-Doh was a giant toy. It was giant enough that they allowed them to buy the entire Kenner toy company. Play-Doh was originally produced by a company called Kutal, which was then purchased by Rambo Toys, which was then purchased by General Mills, which expanded even farther by acquiring Kenner. This keeps on going though, so Kenner was allowed to run on its own devices, and the company grew and they did well, but it was eventually acquired by Tonka, which also purchased a couple other smaller companies along the way to being bought by Hasbro. You would have to say Hasbro was the winner of the big toy war, because only Mattel, only Mattel still stands against them as a major toy developer. But before they got bought out, they came out with the Chuck Norris and Karate Commandos action figure line, which was based off a popular, I don't know if it was that popular, popular Ruby Spears cartoon miniseries. The show was also created in 1986 by the genius mind of Chuck Norris. Man, this guy is quite an artist. He helped write Invasion USA, and now he's not only writing the show, he is also providing the voice for the animated Chuck Norris. Honestly, 
who else could do it? The basic idea for the show is that Chuck is the leader of a racially diverse group of special government operatives called the Karate Commandos. Or should I say the Karate Commandos? I prefer that pronunciation. I don't know which one is right, Karate or Karate. But I do prefer karate over karate. And like any other crack group of government operatives, they needed an enemy, and their enemy was a group called Vulture. Vulture was never given a full spell out, like we never learned what the acronym of Vulture stood for. One thing that we learned about the group is that they were led by a dude named Claw, and that this dude named Claw had a henchman. A super dope henchman in a purple ninja suit named... Super Ninja. Super Ninja was one of the two dudes I was given by Charlie for my birthday, and Super Ninja had a great run as an action figure. I still have him. He's in my garage, but he survived many a war, many a battle, many a rock-throwing toy day. I liked him. In my toy world, he was the master of martial arts. He beat up He-Man dudes left and right. He-Man dudes... They had power over him, but his kicks and his punches were too much. They were totally overwhelming for Prince Adam and Man-at-Arms. He is also taller than a He-Man dude, so his kicks were too much. They were too much for He-Man. He couldn't get he couldn't get in tight enough to get a grip on Super Ninja when he was being kept at bay with jabs and front kicks and the occasional PK to the chest. PK stands for pump kick, if you didn't know. I don't want to digress too far on this, but I would I would always have wrestling matches with my dudes. They would have one-on-one fights, and they were they were more like ultimate fights they were like MMA fights but MMA wasn't it wasn't in the mainstream sport yet so they were sort of like death matches or kumites but I would have kumites between my figures and Super Ninja was one of the dudes who really excelled at that he was an excellent hand-to-hand combatant anyway back to the main topic the show was a five episode miniseries but back then five episodes was enough to get you a toy line one has to wonder If the toy line came first with the cartoon as an add-on later. Anyway, you got a toy, you got a cartoon, and you also had a comic book, which is weird enough. They had a comic from Marvel's youth imprint, Star Comics. I think that I read a few Star Comics back in the day. If memory serves, I was really into Peter Porker... The Spectacular Spider-Ham. That was a good one. Anyhow, the comic was produced by Star Comics, and here's the weird part. The artist for Chuck Norris and the Karate Commandos is the super famous comic book recluse, Steve Ditko. Maybe this is why he's in hiding. I can't imagine that this comic does any good for your career. Anyway, you always tend to think of Steve Ditko as a genius, and dude was a genius. Dude is one of the best of all the times. But you also forget that he did work on some other things besides Spider-Man, such things as Chuck Norris and the Karate Commandos for Star Comics. So you got a cartoon. So you got a comic. So what else is left? How about toys? The toys came out in 1986 as well, and they were released in two waves. The first wave goes like this. Computer, bring up that Chuck Norris file for me, please. Chuck Norris. Okay. Here it is. Cool. Thanks a lot. I shall prepare wave two as well. That's good thinking. Don't put a lot of time into it, though. It's pretty short. Roger. Okay, so here we go. We're going to read a list. You know that's my favorite thing to do, and I know that it's your favorite thing to hear. There were eight total figures in Wave 1, and three of them were Chuck Norris. You have Chuck Norris in battle gear, Chuck Norris in kung fu training gi, Chuck Norris, undercover agent, and here are the other dudes. You got Kimo, the samurai warrior, Reed Smith, Chuck's young apprentice, and then you have Taki, He's the sumo, or the fat guy. And, of course, you need some bad guys. So you got Super Ninja, that's that purple dude I was talking about a minute ago. And you had Ninja Warrior, who was just, you know, run-of-the-mill ninja, ninja guy, army builder type. 
Are you ready for part two? It is quite short though, only two figures, both repaints. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and hit me with it? What you got with the second wave was two dudes, both repaints. You got Ninja Serpent, who was just Super Ninja painted red, and then you got um Ninja Master, who was just a Ninja Warrior, also painted red. There were some other dudes, too, that were shown in a 1987 Kenner catalog, but they weren't released here in the States, but it is believed that they were released in Argentina. The new figures were a uh, new babyface named Tank Sherman, Chuck Norris with a roundhouse kick, which was a remold of Chuck Norris, and a repaint of chemo where he is wearing pink and gray. There was also a vehicle that year, and this vehicle has one of the greatest names of any vehicle in history. It was called the Karate Corvette, and it's a red Corvette with all kinds of awesome ninja and karate weapons attached. It can shoot throwing stars. It can shoot shurikens, as they say in the business. It had blades that came out the sides. So, like, you could drive down the street and just chop pedestrians at the ankle. What a vicious weapon. It was pretty dope. I didn't have it. I don't know anybody who had it, but it was really cool. Okay, we are going to come back after this short break here and talk about the value of some of these Karate Commandos. Let me dig around here through these videotapes. I got it somewhere. I have the intro to the Chuck Norris Karate Commandos cartoon. I gotta just find it. I should put, you know, I should digitize these and put them in the computer. It'd be so much easier, but there is something about having a tape in my hand that I like. Okay, here it is. Chuck Norris and Karate Commandos intro, part one, only part. Norris, man of action. Chuck Norris stars in Chuck Norris Karate Commandos. Chuck Norris, he's got nerves of steel and strength to match. Chuck Norris with his team, Pepper. It's too dangerous, Chuck. What? Too much. Too much. Kimo, the Samurai Warrior. Reed, Chuck's Teenage Apprentice. Tabe, the Sumo Champion. With Chuck Norris, they battle the sinister forces of the Claw. Remember this. And the Ruthless Super Ninja. Finish Norris! Chuck Norris stars in Chuck Norris Karate Commandos. Make sure to visit virtualdirtmall.com and support the show with a generous purchase of some retro or not-so-retro junk. You won't be sorry for long. You will not be sorry for very long. This time of year when the weather gets good, the eBay business kind of dries up a bit. So if you want to stop by and take a peek and see what I got, I would appreciate that, virtualdirtmall.com. Okay, thanks for sticking in so far into the show. I appreciate you guys hanging tight. I appreciate you guys hanging tough. Let's take a look on eBay at what we can get some of these Karate Commandos for. They are not overly expensive. It appears that you can get one, you could get a carded anybody for under 45 bucks shipped. You can get just about anybody loose. Now these are the American releases. You can get anybody loose for five or six bucks. The weapons go for a couple bucks each. There are some high-end items. They have some 
some ninja henchmen from Argentina that I see are going for like 100, 110 each. That's a lot. There's only, there was only two of them sold recently and there aren't any listed currently. So you might have to put in some legwork to get one of those. But that would be a nice addition to your collection if you happen to be a Chuck Norris Karate Commandos collector. And you could probably pick up the Karate Corvette in the box for 40, 45 bucks, maybe 20, 20 or so outside the box. And that's not bad for something that cool. These are nice action figures. It's nice. One of the really nice features is there is a pretty good head sculpt of Chuck Norris. When you look at it, you can tell that it's supposed to be who it is. So paying that little for something that is really kind of neat in a kitschy way, it's not that bad of a deal. You know, I'm poking around here. You can get carded figures. I see a couple right here that went up for auction for 15 bucks each. Five bucks shipping. So if you want to put in some legwork, you want to look around for some auctions, I bet you could put yourself together a nice collection for maybe a hundred bucks. I bet you could get a hundred, a hundred and twenty bucks, you could get all the American releases in the package or on the card. All right, guys, let's get ready. We're going to move ahead one more step into the final chamber of the show, the Toys R Us report itself. Okay, DJ Bot, hit it. I shall drop the needle on the wax, sir. Do you ever think about when you're out of here? Blue snuggle tooth and yap face out of here. Migos and G.I. Joe out of here. No doubt ISR is old school, but he ain't going out. You've made it this far. It's time. The final segment. Your weekly toy shop update. The Toys R Us report. My dudes, I gotta thank you for hanging in this far. I know it's been a long, arduous journey and your knees and your feet are aching, but you've done it. You've made it to the end of the show. And for that, I give you a tip of the cap. I don't actually ever wear hats. You know, I don't want to cover up the moneymaker as it were. Gotta give the ladies a show. Gotta let them see the million dollar smile. At any rate, another slow week over at the Toys R Us. I did get a couple cool things. They got some new reactions and we all know that I love reactions. They have the Karate Kid. They had Miyagi. They had Daniel-san. They had Elizabeth Shue. And they had uh, the other Daniel-san where he's in the All-Valley Karate. They did not have Crease. They did have Billy Zabka. I bought two of them for myself. Not two Billy Zabkas. I bought one Billy Zabka, one Johnny Lawrence as it was, and also the Daniel-san in the All-Valley Karate outfit. I'm pretty pleased with them. Daniel-san comes with the All-Valley Karate Tournament uh, trophy. Johnny Lawrence doesn't come with anything, but what does he need? He needs nothing but his fists and his feet. To keep it on the real tip, that's all I saw that was really great, but it is the start of garage sale season here in Northern Cali, so I went out. I went out with my friend Bert, and he asked me right before we were going if it was cool if his roommate came with us. And I said, hey man, you're driving, it's cool. Uh, is he weird? You know, is he weird or anything? And his reply to, was he weird, was the following statement. Well, his mother is Spanish, and his relative once fought in the Revolutionary War. Now, I don't know what that means, but it did turn out that the guy was weird, but he was weird in a good way, and we had a good time. I didn't find any good toys, but I did get to spend the whole day driving around in a scummy van with a couple of weirdos sifting through people's boxes. And hey, man, 
What more do you need out of life than that, to be honest? So before we get out of here, I want to take a minute and I want to discuss something that is somewhat serious, but not all too serious. I have signed up for a service called Patreon. And what Patreon allows you to do is to donate a bit every week to help me support the show. You can find the link on the main IC Robots page. That's at icrobots.com. It's down to the right, and you can give as little or as much as you want. But I want to say, every bit helps. I need to get a new microphone. I need to get a new studio here on the space station. I need, I need, I need. Give as little as one quarter per episode. It comes out of your PayPal. You won't notice. You will not notice. Give me 50 cents. You will never notice. But it will make an earth load of different here on the ISR command center. The main thing that I am looking to do is to merely upgrade the server package so that I can make longer episodes and more frequent episodes. I would love to do more breaking news audios, but the server package I'm on right now barely allows me to do half an hour a week. So help me. Give me a hand. If you enjoy listening to the show, donate 25 cents per episode. It comes out subscription style right out of your PayPal. Go to Patreon. Go right to the icrobots.com main page. Check out the right sidebar. Go down a bit. You'll see it. Take a click on it. Look at it. Tell me what you think. With all that said, either way, I'm going to be here every week trying to make your uh, make your life a bit better. So, with all that said, this is IC Robot signing out for episode number 31 from the ISR Command Center deep in the uh, outer spaces of outer space. So, if you don't know... Now you know. Recorded live on Jupiter's moon, Callisto, this has been an IC Robots radio production.